Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. This time of year, we continue to see a large, flowery, yellow weed growing in ditches, pastures, and grassy areas around Wisconsin. Mark Renz, weed specialist through UW Extension, shares that wild parsnip, an invasive weed species in the state, continues to spread. And while not only being obnoxious, it can also be harmful to humans. Yeah, this weed is called wild parsnip. This is a plant that kind of looks a little bit like wild carrot or Queen Anne's lace. Uh, It has this umbrella-shaped inflorescence, but the flowers are yellow versus white. Starts to flower in late June in southern Wisconsin to early July in northern Wisconsin. And it's really troublesome for a couple reasons. Probably the biggest reason that we're most concerned about is individuals, humans can get a response to this where if they get the sap on their skin, it can actually burn their skin. So this is a real big reason to be concerned about it. And that's probably the primary reason. It also can uh, compete with crop and uh, native plants and, and impact our environment in several other ways. But really, the biggest concern is this concern with public safety and avoiding getting burned. So now, seeing that this weed is an invasive species, where did it come from? And how, I mean, why have we seen an increase in this plant across the state in the recent years? Yeah, that's a great question, Aaron. And it's been in Wisconsin for decades, probably close to 100 years. It's come over from Europe. And for some reason, we're just not aware of, Wisconsin seems to be the best place in the world for growing wild parsnip. Don't really understand why. That's some interesting research that we've done. We think it has to do with just the amount of rainfall we get in the summer, amongst other situations. So why is it spreading and we're seeing more and more of it? We think besides there's lots of areas where it can really be grow well, it's how we manage a lot of our areas or don't manage our areas is what's causing the spread. So Aaron, when you're driving down the roadside right now and in the next month, what do you see our Department of Transportation and local municipalities doing? There have been a lot of tractors out there mowing ditches lately. That's right. That's right. And so often why we've gotten tremendous spread is they're mowing it after that seed, that after that plant produces seed. And as you can imagine, mowing is just spreading that seed down the road. We've had floods. And, and a lot of rainfall that can also move those seeds down there. So it's a biennial to short-lived perennial. And so it needs to move those seeds are what causes it spread. And so we're just moving those seeds around in bales of hay, mowers, as well as rainwater and flooding events. And that's really why it's, why it's so common. So if we're mowing it and spreading these seeds around and those kind of things, how then do we manage and control it? We got to have some way to make sure it disappears. So what kind of things can we do to make sure that we get rid of it without spreading these seeds all over the place? Yeah, and so fortunately, this plant is actually pretty easy to control. There's several techniques that are effective, uh, ranging from mowing to, and I'm going to say this, hand removal, and we'll talk about that, uh, to herbicides. Uh, the key is we just need to prevent seed production. And so I'm going to go back to our roadsides and think about why are these on our roadsides and why don't they go away when we do good management. It's because we're mowing that 10 to 20 to 30 foot wide swath. And what's on the other side of the fence of that road? More wild parsnip. We don't mow that. We don't treat that with a herbicide or remove it. So even though we may be controlling the parsnip on the roadside, we get new weed seed, parsnip seed that's coming in every year that's reinfesting that area. 
So that's really the challenge is we need to have control, complete control so that seed does not reinfest that area. And we need to get good control for two, three, ideally four consecutive years. We've done quite a bit of research to show that if we can get two years of good control, we're going to start to see very few plants there, but really three to four to really eliminate those populations. So the easiest thing to do, believe it or not, is mowing is a really effective technique. If you can mow these plants right when they're starting to flower, right around the 4th of July in northern Wisconsin to maybe even the week earlier, you have a two to three week window, you can mow that plant. And this is where you're not going to believe me, Aaron, but trust me, that plant won't die. It'll re-sprout. It may even flower because we live so far north, though, there's not enough time for that plant to produce viable seeds. Those flowering plants die, and uh, we're reducing the amount of seeds in the area. The challenge with this, with mowing, is you have to get that timing right, and then you have to repeat that for two to three years to really see that result. And what we usually see is people try it one year, and the next year they see even more of it, and they think, oh, no, I've done something wrong. That's actually what you want, because those are new seeds that are germinating, getting out of the soil, we're mowing those plants, and they're going to die at the end of the year. And if you can do this for two to three years on your property or along your fence line, you will see a dramatic decline. And if you can get it for three to four, we've had reports of complete eradication of local populations. So let's get back to that major problem that we have with this plant, the fact that it can be harmful to humans. You know, whether you're out hiking, out walking your dog, let's talk a little bit about what this plant can actually do to you and how to prevent that from happening. Yeah, and so, th- so this is the reason why a lot of people don't like to mow. And probably the most common case is, like you said, you're along your fence line working on your fences. People get out the weed whacker and start taking it down. And that's what spreads the sap of the plant. If it lands on your skin and uh, that your skin is exposed to just a little bit of sunlight, it just needs just a little shot, you can get a really bad, bad burn. So this is called phyto photodermatitis. I know that's a mouthful. And so the the best thing is if you're walking around in a patch, do not break the stem or the leaf because it's the sap not actually touching the plant that causes the reaction. So if you can avoid that, you're doing really, really well. If you do get some of that sap on you immediately, you should try and wash it off. If you don't have access to water, getting dirt and rubbing on it or something else will help get rid of those toxins. And I want to emphasize it's different than poison ivy because uh, poison ivy, there's around a third of the population that are resistant and don't get this affliction from poison ivy. To our knowledge, everybody is sensitive to these burns. So we really just got to be careful and not get that sap on our skin. So how, what you can do is wear long pants, long shirts, work in areas, you know, where it's not sunny can help some of the time. But if you're mowing it, you want to kind of be in a closed cab, not in an open cab, and do not use a weed whacker. That's probably the number one cause of how people get inflicted. And because of this, a lot of times we're using herbicides to manage it because we just don't want to deal with it. Right, Aaron? I mean, that's putting yourself at risk if you're going to be out there mowing them at this time, if you don't have the right equipment. And there are a range of herbicides that are really, really effective. Most herbicides are effective. And if there's interested, we have some really good fact sheets that give more detailed information. Now we talked about how it can affect humans, what problems it creates there. Now let's talk about animals, whether you're walking your dog or now it's summer, cattle, horses, those animals are on pasture. How does it affect them? And if they eat this, are they going to have problems? Yeah, Aaron, this is where it gets really, really interesting. So 
while we have these afflictions, animals tend to be more tolerant to theirs, but there's a few exceptions. So what's really interesting about this plant is cattle and even goats will preferentially go to graze on wild parsnip. And we've gotten lots of calls from people who are really concerned when they see this. They know I'm concerned it might be bad for our animals. And what we've seen anecdotally is if those animals are eating it, and they have a dark complexion or a dark skin coat, we have not heard any reports of any negative effects. The only animals, horses and cattle that have light complexions, we have had some cases of some moderate or mild injury to that. So for some reason, they're more tolerant than we are. We never recommend in cattle them eating it in large quantities, but in typical quantities under 20% of their intake, we rarely ever get any calls on it. And it's really only the light complexion animals that have some mild sensitivity to it. So it's quite an interesting thing. I would say, you know, with dogs, we have less information. I would try to avoid it, but be less worried about it than I would be to your own personal safety. Now, another thing you mentioned earlier, you know, from the farmer's side of it, you said that sometimes it can really get obnoxious and kind of take out some other plants or affect the way that other plants grow. So if we're finding this in our fields, how is that affecting things or how have you seen, you know, in your research that it affects other plants? Yeah, and so this is an area that we don't have a ton of information. It can compete and cause some issues. And right now when we're driving down the roadside, we see it and we go, oh my goodness, there's just a ton of it in fields or roadside. But if you actually stop and get in there and count, there's usually only one or two plants per five to 10 square feet. It just looks really bad right now because they're flowering. So in our ag fields, we really don't have a lot of knowledge on the on the impact, except with, you know, not wanting it to be there to, to spread this to some of these other areas where you may be working. The good news is essentially all the management techniques that we use, cultivation, herbicides, and a range of herbicides should be really effective at removing this plant if it gets into your production areas. And there are options to remove it. It's really pastures is really the the challenge when you have to think about, okay, do I want my animals to eat that or I want to go in and control that too, where we really have to think a little bit more carefully about it. But the impacts to our production systems are probably not as bad as just the human health aspect. All right. So what other things might people not know about it or where can they find more resources and information about the plant? Yeah, no, I would just say that it is a super common weed species to Wisconsin. If you have not seen it before, please try to learn how to identify it. We've got some great videos and resources to help with that. It will be coming to a roadside near you in the future. It's all the way up in Canada, does really well in Illinois, in Iowa, and Michigan. So if you haven't seen it, you will see it in the future. So keep your eyes out for it and, and just be careful around it. That would be my parting uh points. We have a really good identification video. If you can just YouTube wild parsnip in Wisconsin, you'll see that. We have a website that has a whole slew of other information on management techniques, Wren's weed science. Uh, If you Google that, you can find that. Um, There's tons of information available. Or just talk to your local uh, extension agent and they can give you access to that information as well. Mark Renz, weed specialist for the UW Extension, talking about that yellow, obnoxious, invasive weed they call wild parsnip found all over the state. So if you're out and active this summer or working on the farm, be sure to steer clear of this weed and take the necessary precautions to avoid being harmed. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman.